2: Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
3: I have some very good news and some very bad news. The good news is this. We're going to be talking about kind of a fall of Rome, fall of the Eastern Roman Empire, Attila the Hun thing today. That's good news, right? It's going to be cool. Barbarians and Romans and... Sacking of cities and refugees and all kinds of societal questions we can dig into today. It's going to be awesome. That's good news. More good news. This is a rarity for me. I think I've only ever done this once forever. I think it's going to be a two-parter. I just don't think I can fit the whole thing into today. I don't really like to go over an hour, although I sometimes do on the history portion before we move on to politics. So I think it's going to be a two parter. More good news. I know you like that. You loved it last time I did it. Here's the bad news I may, simply because I'm a bad person, no other reason whatsoever. I may push the second part of this to Monday instead of tomorrow. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding. I'm that kind of an awful human being where I'm going to do a two-part history segment and I'm going to split it over the weekend and play the second part for you Monday only to make you angry. I don't have more of a reason than that, except this is how God made me. We all have gifts. You have them. I promise. I promise he gave you some gifts. I don't have many, but I'm very good at aggravating people. I use that and abuse that to aggravate you. Chris just asked if that's something I should be proud of. No, probably not. But again, it's not like I have a laundry list of skills here. I only have a few I might as well do it well, right? Let us let us begin. Let us dig in. Who knows? Maybe I'll get all the way through this thing today. Maybe you'll get lucky. I cannot promise that at all. Let's just let's just say to put it mildly, I don't really Air fingers, quote, plan things. They come as they come. Now, where are we in the ancient Roman times? This is the late Roman Empire. We're talking the the 300s, the 400s, after A.D., 300s, 400s. We are long, long past the days of Julius Caesar and all these types. Rome at this point in time is two different nations, two different empires. When Rome started to get late, they split into an Eastern Roman Empire and a Western Roman Empire. It was ugly. They decided the only way they could continue to exist was to have a divorce. Ended up being extremely successful for one of them. Ended up being a complete disaster for the other one. However, when nations grow apart... It is not uncommon for nations to divorce when they find themselves having different sets of values. That is not uncommon. That is not radical. That is the history of the world. Nations rise. Nation, f- nations fall. Nations split down the middle. Little portions of nations will break up. That's how history works. That's how life works. Hint, hint. Wink, wink. That's how it works. By now, the Western Roman Empire at this time, you need to be thinking about, well, Rome itself. Obviously, they have Rome, Italy. They have France, Britain, which by this point is Gaul and Britain. (laughs) Anyway, that's the Western Roman Empire. The Eastern Roman Empire ended up being the one that would live on for a long time after this as the Byzantine Empire. They have Turkey, Egypt, all that stuff. The Eastern Roman Empire is a Christian empire by this point in time. They passed something called the Edict of Milan in 313, officially recognizing Christianity. And wow, how times have changed. The empire that presided over the crucifixion of Jesus Christ has now moved on to Christianity. How about that? They're not killing them in the arena anymore. Up yours, Chris. Made a comeback. What, everybody? We can joke here. What? Christianity made a comeback. That's the good news. Got the Eastern Empire. Got the Western Empire. Now, we're still dealing with emperors. Senates still exist, but very much these are emperor-driven empires. There's one in the east and there's one in the west. Something starts to happen. Because they are split and because Rome, they're figuring out their way forward and they are not, by any stretch of the imagination, at the peak of their military power They're poorer than they used to be, monetarily. They're poorer culturally in a lot of different ways. That former aspirational Roman way, go out there, accomplish something, dominate somebody, come up with a new engineering thing. That Rome is gone. They know that Rome is gone. Many want it back. Many say things like, our best days are in front of us. Have you ever heard somebody say something like that, even here in America? But it's all garbage, and they know it's garbage. They just don't have that anymore. They are militarily, especially, now a defensive country. They are not out there conquering other peoples now, not on a regular basis. Small-scale stuff. But they are losing control of territory they previously held. Culturally, they're scared. When you look at the overall things they wrote, things they were doing, it's easy to look at it from a 30,000-foot view and say, that's a nation scared. They're building heavy fortifications along their borders everywhere. They're worried about this. They're worried about that. Frightened people. And they're about to get a lot more frightened. Because in the year 376, they have an issue with the Goths. Pay attention. We're going to be talking more about the Goths. And no, I don't mean your weird neighbor who has black lipstick on and hasn't seen the sunshine in 200 years. The Goths are a barbaric people, barbaric meaning they're not in, you know, they're not building Roman aqueducts and living in white marble things. They're nomadic out on the plains, vicious, eat different than Romans, bathe different than Romans, different traditions than Romans, and certainly technologically at least not as advanced as the Roman Empire. Goths are known to be fierce warriors, as many of the barbarian peoples were. You remember all the trouble the Romans have had with Gauls and Germans and such. And something happens with the Goths that creeps the Romans out badly, and it should. Hang on.
2: and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly Show.
3: You really do need a home security system. You do. Um, It's a dangerous world. It is a dangerous world. I see the news every single day. I know you do too. Break-ins happen. They happen when you're home. They happen when you're not home. And you need one with emergency dispatch services, fire, police, and medical You can have all that with Simply Safe, with no contract, no hidden fees, no fine print. You just get outstanding, professionally monitored home security, and you can get it starting at fifteen dollars a month, all online. Go to simplysafe.com/slash jesse. Pick out what you want. They send you the box. You open it, place the sensors, and plug it in, and you're done. You're covered. It's that easy. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash Jesse. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
2: Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out.
3: the romans are very aware of the goths they've fought the goths they've fought with the goths they've they're very aware of these people and they know these people to be fierce warriors they know this right one day the romans wake up and look out and they see 80,000 goths men, women, and children amassing on the river, right next to the Roman Empire. Obviously, the Romans are a little disconcerted about this, so they go out and check in with the Goths, and they're all, what do you people think you're doing? And it turns out the Goths aren't here to take over. The Goths are fleeing something. Now, the Romans are obviously a bit concerned. What? Wait. wait. You're fleeing something? It turns out there's something rising, something pushing these people away where they're fleeing for their lives and Romans are understandably concerned with what in the world would possibly push these people out like that. Now... This is late-stage Roman Empire, and the Romans actually do have a decision to make. What do we do? You have 80,000 refugees on your border. How are we supposed to handle this? I think we all know what the old Roman Empire would have done because we saw, we had witness to what the old Roman Empire would have done. It was more than once. The old Roman Empire, back in you know Caesar's time, roughly, they had Gaul and Germania. There were tribes that would come down and push into Rome, fleeing a mega-powerful, vicious tribe that rose up. The Romans would reject them or flat-out go up there and kill them all. Um, you're not coming in here. You can't, uh, yeah, that's going to be a no. Absolutely not. Not going to fill our country with a bunch of non-Romans. Get lost. But this is a new Rome. One, they don't necessarily possess the military strength to do that. And even if they do, this is a, again, more Christianized empire. Nations set their foreign and domestic policy on their religious beliefs. And no, I do not care if you're not a religious person. That's still a fact of life throughout history. Any empire, any nation has a religious base of some kind of religion, and it plays a huge role in the things that nation does as a whole. We've talked endlessly about the, well, gosh, everybody now, but the Aztecs on this show. How many times have we talked about the Aztecs and how the Aztecs would constantly invade the neighboring tribes, take a whole bunch of captives, then come back and sacrifice those captives alive on an altar, carving their hearts out of their chests. Children, too. Lots of them. And you and I look at that understandably, and were horrified. I mean, just a barbaric, horrific culture. However, if you have to give some kind of defense of the Aztecs that did it, they didn't do it just for jollies, although I'm sure some of them liked it. That's what their religion told them they had to do. They were sacrificing these people to their various gods. I want it to rain. I don't want a tornado. I want this. I want success at war. Religions determine things. And when you have become a Christianized or at least more Christian nation, it gets more difficult to look at 80,000 people and slaughter them all. And it gets a lot more. And it's also difficult to look at them and say, hey, go pound sand. However, I don't want to act like Rome was a big convent of nuns at this point. They were still Rome with a lot of influences beyond Christianity. So they get to thinking, well... All right, we're going to let you in. You're going to have to stop here on the other side of the river. Stop here in this camp. We will work you into our society. We'll get you across the river. We'll get you in. Come on. Just hang tough. We'll handle the ferries across the river. We'll decide who's going where. We're going to do this slow. Well, here's the problem. Rome lacks the organizational ability it used to have. And this process is going way too slow for the Goths who are parked on the river with what they believe is a deadly force bearing down on them. The Goths start crossing the river on their own, sometimes getting killed by the Romans for doing it, sometimes drowning in the river. The Goth camps look a lot like refugee camps to this day. The sanitary situation is an absolute nightmare. They talk about it. They write about it. The Romans do. You and I don't think about this much, and I don't like to dwell on it much because, let's be honest, it's gross. It's not great radio. It doesn't do what I always want to do and make your drive to work more enjoyable. But we should discuss this for a moment because it is a part of history that we never think of, and we should probably think of it. I'm talking about poop. You have 80,000 people in an unsettled society that was relatively barbaric before they got there. Now they're in a refugee camp. Where does all that go? How do they handle it? It has to be handled. It has to be handled. It does. It's a part of a society. And if it's not handled right the human waste portion, what do you get? Disease, lots of it. It spreads like wildfire. Conditions get bad. You can see, sadly, societies like this today that have open sewers running through them. They don't have proper sanitation. They haven't mastered it. It's I'm sorry, this is the last I'm going to talk about this today, but it's dumping a bucket full of the family's waste into the open ditch that flows down the street in your village. This happens in the world today. Now picture 80,000 people going through that. And these are barbarians. As you can imagine, they're used to hunting for their food. You cannot possibly settle 80,000 people in one area and hunt and feed everyone. So the Romans kind of try to do the right thing, kind of don't, and start bringing in carts of food. They're not bringing enough to feed everyone. People start not only dying of disease from the sanitation situation, dying of disease because they're malnourished. You have a real refugee crisis on your hands. And, really sadly, who always pays the highest price in a refugee crisis like this? Life is cruel. Life is unfair. And the truth is this. Women and children have a tough time during times like this. Tougher than the men. Parents began selling their kids to Romans as slaves for food. You want to talk about the hard, hard choices. Imagine selling your child to go be a slave for the rest of his or her life just so they can eat and you can eat. What's the hardest decision you've ever had to make? You know what I did on the way to work today? This is amazing. I had, it's a long story, but I had to get a taxi to work today. Don't worry. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just not going to go into the whole thing, but I still wanted to listen to my music. I like to relax in the mornings when I'm on the way to the studio. Not a problem. I took my wee little Raycon E25 earbuds case and slipped it right in my pocket. It's just a tiny little case. Got in the cab, pulled out my Raycon earbuds, slipped them in my ears, and laid back and closed, closed my eyes and jammed out the entire way to work. Completely comfortable. Wonderful sound. Great experience. These Raycon earbuds are the best I've ever had, and they're totally wireless. Go get yourself some. Buyraycon.com slash Jesse. That's buyraycon.com slash Jesse. That's 15% off for you. 877-377-4373 877-377-4373 is the number. Eight seven seven three seven seven four three seven three. 4373 Well, the Romans, they're trying to work these goths into society. As I said, they're trying to feed them, get them in. And they're trying to work them into the military. Roman military strength is... Weak to put it mildly. They've decided they're going to start hiring the help. Generally a pretty bad strategy for a nation. When you find yourself relying on mercenaries. Nah, it's not good. It's really not a good society to be in at the time. But they do. And eventually a man named Fritigern, one of the barbarians, has had just about enough of this crap. And he takes a whole lot of Goths, and he decides it's on now. They're gonna fight the Romans. The Romans, the Eastern Roman Empire, says, "Uh oh! All right, well, well, we're gonna have to handle this. Let's gather our Roman army, such as, it, such, as it, such as it is. Easy for me to say, and let's go after these guys." But I mean, the, Rome is aware at this point. They're not doing great militarily, so the Eastern Roman Empire picks up the phone, dials up the Western Roman Empire, and says, Would you mind coming to help? Again, they're split, but there's still obviously a kinship there, as there would be. They, they're they split. They do fight each other on occasion, kind of, but they're really allies, old brothers, you know? Western Roman Empire says, absolutely, we will help. Uh, it's just going to take us a while. Now, they weren't really being jerks. The Western Roman Empire, as we'll get to in a second, is really, really coming apart at the seams badly. Eastern Roman Empire decides, well, we're not going to wait around for this. We are Romans. Let's go get the glory of putting down Fritigern and his group of barbarians, only the problem for Rome is this. These barbarians, Fritigern and others, they're not unaware of Roman tactics anymore. They're not unaware of Roman discipline anymore. Romans have brought them in several times to work with them. There's all kinds of knowledge at this point on how Romans do war. And not that I really can think they were ever this way, but the the idiot barbarian leader is gone now. These guys are advancing tactically. Let's learn from the Romans. Let's learn what they do. Let's copy some of what they do. Let's prepare for what they do. The Romans march to war and they're heading towards what's known throughout history as the Battle of Adenopol. Big Roman army, 10, 20,000. Again, you can never, ever, ever figure out how much. Big barbarian army, but the Romans are fairly confident in victory. Again, Rome may be. A different Rome than it was, but that good old-fashioned Roman arrogance was most definitely still there. We are still Rome, and you are not. You can find Romans to this day, Italians, Romans, to this day, still a little bit uppity about the fact that uh, we are Rome. And you know what? When your country's history is the greatest empire of all time, you can do that, I guess. But it can also get you in a little bit of trouble, and this time it did. They're marching to battle, but the barbarians have long ago realized the way to defeat Roman armies is not strip off all your clothes and run screaming like a madman into the Roman legion's spears. You can fight really, really bravely for about 15 seconds until there's a spear through your heart, and then all that yelling and screaming and bravery, what did it actually gain you? Not a daggone thing. Why don't, surprise, surprise, why don't we fortify things a little bit? Why don't we seize the high ground a little bit? Things Romans had been doing to them for years. The barbarians had even hired a few Huns. Maybe you've heard of them. If you haven't, let's take just a brief side note here. The Huns are an Asian steppe people. Entirely on horseback. You need to think Mongols only were like a thousand years before the Mongols rose. These These are the early Mongols. But to hear the Romans tell it, and you don't know whether this is accurate or not, but to hear the Romans tell it, these guys were wild even for Mongols. According to the Romans, these guys did not have even huts they put up. They just slept on the ground. Ate raw animals. And Romans were horrified by this. You can go to, well, shoot, let's talk about the Mongols for a moment. There were extremely civilized, settled societies in Mongol times, too, like the Middle East and China, especially. And these civilized, settled societies used to talk about how horrified they were watching the Mongols eat raw meat. The Mongols would eat the raw guts of something something you and I would never do because of all the you know acid and things like that in there and I, that's where the, that's where the body processes the food and turns it into something else. it's just it's gross. any hunter listening now, any fisherman listening now knows the first thing you do after a kill you're going to eat is get the guts and stuff out of it. Mongols would sit down at a table and just slap a pile of guts on there and start eating it raw. Horrifying. The Huns did that times ten. And the Huns were these fierce warriors. And Fritigern and the Barbarian, they hire some Huns because these guys live and die on horseback the way the Mongols did. These guys perfected horse archery the way the Mongols did. The Romans march into battle And they find the barbarians are not only up on a hill where they've seized the high ground. The barbarians are up on a hill and they have wagons. And they've joined the wagons in a big circle like a fort. And the Romans are having a difficult time of things. Why? Well, we talk about the non-sexy parts of war here. Fatigue. Dehydration. It's the summertime. It's hot. The Romans have marched for a long time. They do not have enough water. They're tired. They're thirsty. They're marching towards this barbarian-held hill. And the barbarians, remember how I told you they've advanced tactically? The barbarians have lit fires all over the path where the Romans are coming. So it's not only dusty and dry and hot, it's now smoky. What's the driest mouth you've ever had? Imagine going into battle like that. Romans have infantry. Romans have cavalry. Romans finally decide to send their cavalry up this barbarian hill because they want to find out what's up there for one. And two, they are just barbarians after all. Our cavalry's just going to ride up the hill and ride them down like grass and run them out of there. I really wouldn't mind the day off. Cavalry, go get it. Probably a really good feeling, right? You're in the infantry spear in your hand. I'm sure nerves a little shaky. You ever been in a spear fight or sword fight? I haven't. Probably have some jitters beforehand. And they watch that cavalry ride off towards the hill and they think to themselves, nice. Uh, maybe not.
2: Feeling a little stocky? Follow, like, and subscribe on social at DC.
3: Your home title is not a piece of paper anymore. It's important that you realize that. We can get in this old way of thinking. Your home title exists online now. It is digital. And because it's online, it is vulnerable. These cyber thieves are so advanced. And so capable of getting to anything out there now, your home title is in danger. The FBI is extremely concerned about home title theft because it's sweeping the nation. They can't get a handle on it. Yours is exposed unless you have home title lock. If these criminals get it, they will forge your signature on it, which is also easy for them. Take a loan out against it and you are going to pay that loan back or you are going to be evicted from your home. Don't go through that. Just go get Home Title Lock. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code JESSE. 30 free days. Those Roman infantry dudes watching their cavalry ride off towards the hill, covered in smoke, can't see dust everywhere, were sorely disappointed because the cavalry guys who got to the hill found it was raining arrows on them. They found fortifications. They found themselves dying in droves. The Roman army was virtually annihilated that day because they saw the cavalry riding back towards them and absolutely panicked. The world itself hadn't seen a Roman army annihilated like that. Shoot. In centuries, really. And uh, there are a lot of people who say this was a huge turning point, a huge notch in the belt for what brought down the Roman Empire. It sent a huge signal to the world. These guys are soft now. Understand this. The world is always watching. There are predators always Circling, watching, looking for prey. When you send signals out there to the world that you're soft, it matters. It costs lives. Big time. Remember that. Things go really poorly for Rome after the Battle of Adenopol the western empire by now remember i told you things were things were going poorly the western empire is flat out breaking up at this point in time gaul which is france remember caesar's conquest of gaul we've talked about it before on the show we'll talk about it again gaul breaks away britain breaks away western empire is shrinking only now There's another problem. Those Huns who chased all those goth refugees into Rome, the Huns are starting to work their way into the Roman Empire, and Rome does not have an army that is equipped to deal with the Huns. So what do you do? Well, Rome comes up with what it thinks is a wonderful plan. Well, we've had all these problems with the Goths. They've slapped us around a few times. Why don't we simply hire the Goths under a man named Alaric? Remember that name. Romans obviously produce some troops, but they have the Goths go out there and take it to the Huns. And they do. But... Rome really, really, really screws the Goths during this fight, and here's what I mean by that. The Goths are not Romans. They're hired mercenaries to fight against these people. The Roman leadership, either intentionally or otherwise, tossed the Goths into the heart of this, the tip of the spear, and not only tossed them into the tip of the spear, At least to Alaric and the Goths, it looked like they intentionally had them killed because the Romans didn't really back them up at first, which can create some animosity, as you can imagine, can really create some animosity. Alaric is understandably furious at this point in time. He gets screwed over bad. Then the Romans decide they have to deal with this man named Alaric. And they start trying to do treaties with him, but trying to screw him over while they're doing treaties with him. And you need to understand Alaric is well aware of the Roman ways. Well aware of the Roman ways. He's not having any of this. Also, I should mention at this point, remember the refugees before that came pouring in because of those scary Huns, more of them came pouring in Goths and Vandals saying the Huns are coming. The Huns are coming. Romans now, now they're really freaked out. The Western Roman Empire that's crumbling, they're so nervous about the Goths and the Goth presence in their lands They order the Goths to be killed. Men, women, and children. Only that's a problem because half the Roman army is Goths. They order the murder of their own troops. Alaric freaks. Alaric decides to march to Rome. And in the year 410, Alaric came knocking on the gates of Rome. Begins... Negotiating with the Roman Senate and essentially tells the Roman Senate, I want all the gold in Rome, personal gold, state held gold. I want everything of value in your city. And the Senate says, well, if you want everything of value, then what are we negotiating? And Alaric says, I'll allow you to live. Hang on. Ebb sleep is, well, life changing. It is that important. And sometimes when you're not sleeping, when you're stuck in that cycle of not sleeping, and believe me, I've been there, you actually can lose sight of how deficient you are, of how you're not really you anymore. You don't even realize you're in the fog until you come out of the fog. Sometimes now, now that I have an Ebb sleep and I sleep eight hours a night, sometimes I feel like my brain is is going turbo mode. It's wonderful. Your mood changes. Everything in your life improves when you sleep every night, and you don't have to take my word for it. You can go get an Ebb sleep, and you can try it risk-free for 60 days. They're that confident in their product. Go to tryeb.com slash Jesse. That's tryebb.com com slash Jesse. Don't forget to use the code Jesse at checkout for 25 bucks off. I need to clarify when Alaric is at the gates of Rome at this, at this time, the year 410, Rome isn't even really the capital of the Western Roman Empire anymore. They'd really move things to Milan. However, symbolically, as you can imagine, it was everything to them. What is going through your mind as a Roman senator when you look out at an army you can't fight off? You know you're about to lose Rome. That has to be... Man, how do you wrap your mind around that? How do you wrap your mind around it as an American? You, me. What if the barbarians come to our gates and we're not strong enough to fight them off? A a different existence than you've ever known. It would be, the shock of it may outweigh the fear. Just, how did that happen? How did we get here? But Alaric... Well, Alaric makes it inside those city gates. Hang on.
2: Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
3: Alaric storms into Rome, Alaric pillages Rome, but it's actually funny. And as one of the ironies of history go for all the Roman sieging and sacking and ransacking and Raising cities to the ground, raping, pillaging. Alaric actually doesn't do Rome that much harm. He really just stormed in and did exactly what he said he was going to do. He took everything of value, picked the city clean, and let it go. Kind of sad, right? An end of an era? It's not as if Rome ceased to exist after this, but man, it was bad. Back to the Huns. The Huns are interesting because I see so many similarities between them and the Mongols. And one thing the Chinese always did with the Mongols, one thing they knew they had to do with the Mongols was this. They knew these people were unbelievably capable fighters. We must keep them divided was always the Chinese philosophy when it came to the Mongols. Do whatever you have to do. Make sure this tribe's fighting this tribe. Bribe, threaten, bring them in. As long as they're divided, we're fine. If they ever unify, oh boy, are we in trouble. And boy, did the Chinese get that right. It was the exact same thing with the Huns. These people were ferocious. They loved war. They loved pillaging. They were outstanding at it. The mobility of the horse archer system was, uh, it just created nightmares for people. Absolute nightmares, especially when they have not just a bow on there, they have a composite bow. And I'm not going to break down all the things that make it a composite bow, but you just need to understand this. As Crassus found out long ago when he fought the Parthians, these are not just bows. These are supremely... Powerful bows, more powerful than the Romans could ever dream of with thick, strong arrows. And that matters because it penetrates Roman shields. It penetrates Roman armor. You can't just sit there in your little turtle formation while the, while the Huns ride around you and shoot arrows at you because you're all going to die. So they have to be split. They have to be divided. Only the Huns find themselves with a very strong king at this time. Not Attila yet. We're getting there. The Huns, they decide they want the Eastern Roman Empire. They decide they want its capital. They want Constantinople, named after Constantine the Great, obviously. They march on Constantinople, And they find themselves with a little problem. Again, another parallel to the Mongols in history. At least the early Mongol days, they ended up perfecting this. They got to the gates, but they couldn't get through the gates. They didn't have siege equipment. These were, again, horse archers, fast moving. Get me out on the plains. I'll run you down like grass. Put me in front of a wall. I don't know what to do. And Constantinople was heavily, heavily fortified. The Huns decide, wow, forget it. We don't have to knock down the walls. We'll just lay siege to the walls. We have a strong king. So they just decide to surround Constantinople and wait them out. And then boom, the king dies. Only the king dies, and there happens to be a young Hun with an interesting background. Attila the Hun was formerly a Roman hostage. Remember the old hostage system? They used to exchange hostages. It has a different meaning to us today. But Chris and I, two separate countries, we fight a war with each other. Chris gets defeated because, of course, Chris would lose. And as part of my treaty with Chris to ensure that Chris is going to be on his best behavior from now on, Chris, I need you to give me your—don't don't use that finger with me, Chris. Chris, I need you to give me your—some loved one of yours. Father, mother, sister, brother, wife, whatever it is, is—the child if you have one. They're going to come live with me now, and I'm not going to throw them in a dungeon. They'll be treated fine. We're going to give them food. Oftentimes, hostages were treated really well, given an education, given a military education. It's just going to be with me in case you act up, and then I'm going to cut his head off. It's just been used forever, forever. People use that system, and Attila was at one point in time a hostage of the Romans. Attila not only was an accomplished Hun, he knew everything there was to know about Roman military tactics, Roman military capability. Attila was a young man who, well, he wanted to use such knowledge. They didn't call Attila the Hun the scourge of God For no reason. What type of person do you have to be for the Roman Empire to know you as the scourge of God? Well, you're going to have to wait till Monday to find out. Now, there are a million and one lessons we can learn. But when I study at least this part of it, when I'm looking at this part of it, what really hits me was this. It wasn't the Roman mistakes. Obviously, they made mistakes. It was once the Goths started coming in, the Huns started coming in, it was over, but it was over before that because they let themselves rot and rot and rot and rot. And by the time you get to the point Where you have to hire a bunch of goths to fight in your army. By the time you get to the point where you're allowing barbarian tribes to settle on your lands. Because you're not strong enough to throw them off. By the time your culture is that lost. There is no way for you to win. There is no path to victory. Once the enemy is inside the gates. It's already done. We should have, as a nation, taken a lot more aggressive action to remove the barbarians from within our borders. And I'm not talking about people crossing the border. I'm talking about the communists. Maybe we need to redo that show on on J. Edgar Hoover. Maybe we look at him poorly for the wrong reasons. Obviously, I don't think J. Edgar Hoover was a great guy. J. Edgar Hoover fought the communists for 48 years trying to root them out of this society. Was he wrong? Look where we are. Joe McCarthy. Everybody knows the name, right? U.S. Senator McCarthyism. You've heard of that, even if you don't know who Joe McCarthy is. He's the one who had the, the commie trials. Are you a secret communist? I bet you're a secret communist. Ruining people's lives, getting people fired. He's a scumbag, right? That's how you know him. That's how I've always known him. That's how he gets caught. Joe McCarthy's stance was, communists have infected the education media commies are all over Hollywood and that's gonna destroy us where was he wrong <laughs> That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code Jesse. Gets you ten percent off.
0: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
0: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets